you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. NFL Now is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Seed to speed! Touchdown, Donovan Peoples-Jones! Joe Burrow with his third touchdown pass of the second half. The Jets are going to win it on a race to Dickens pick six! Oh, baby, how big is that? Off the buck, right? Vikings have completed the greatest comeback in the history of the National Football League. Touchdown, Ron McKinnon. The Chiefs win the division. The Bills go back to the playoffs for the fourth consecutive year. Thibodeau completes the trifecta, and the Giants take the lead. Pitches it backwards, and now Jacoby Myers to Chandler Jones in midfield. Racing towards the end zone on the first night of Hanukkah. It's a miracle in Las Vegas! I think I said it yesterday when we were wrapping up the show in the immortal war, uh, the immortal, I beg your pardon, words of the late great Jack Buck. I don't believe what I just saw <laughs> yesterday. And you probably yes. could have said that five different times. Yes. <laughs> Bunch of different and Saturday. And Saturday with two great days of football. We're happy you're here with us. Happy holidays to you. A Monday edition of NFL Now on NFL Network. Andrew Siciliano, Steve Weich, Brian Baldinger. I always joke that we overreact on Mondays. I mean, that's sort of a cliche in our business. Yeah. I don't know how you overreact. You can't. This no. Weekend. The, 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 the dramatic finishes to these games, like you can't script any of them. We always say that. But you can't even, like, like you can't even play it out. Like, you know, you always you talk about, like, football intelligence. Like, these things happen. Like, you can't ever even practice some of these things. I mean, just every game from, like, you know, the punch out of Drake London in the Saints-Falcons mm-hmm. yeah. game to the, to the finish of that Raiders-Patriots game. I'm calling it a Patriots loss. Um, Just bananas. Great weekend of football. Sets the table for the final three weeks. And in week 16, we now have clinching scenarios for the Giants, the Bengals, the Ravens, and the Chargers. We'll try to get them to you on your screen in this next hour. Roll the highlight of the Cowboys and the Jaguars. Oh, oh, yeah. This one was fun. Yes. The Cowboys led 17-0. But with 10 seconds to go. Where are you, Zay Jones? Trevor Lawrence hit Zay Jones. The Jaguars get the timeout. They were given the timeout. Look at the stands full of Jacksonville. Earlier. And then Riley Patterson sends the game to overtime. By the way, Zay Jones' dad, Robert Jones, three yes. rings that? Cowboys. Cowboys. He killed his old man's team <laughs> yesterday. And then Rashawn Jenkins yes. had the dagger. His second pick of the day. It's a pick six in overtime. He also had 18 tackles. Fear not, the Cowboys still made the playoffs because Washington lost, but whatever. Yay, Jaguars. Hey, we got to get one ready. One, two, three. Woo! Listen, Lionel, we said it before the game, the talk was over, right? But we talked last night about this being a 15-round heavyweight going toe-to-toe fight. We talked about playing for four quarters. We talked about being physical. We talked about all three phases making an impact, and all three phases made an impact today. <laughs> Offense, defense, and special teams. No bigger, though. Oh, Walker. Oh, yeah. Thank you. 
Hey, proud of every every single one of you. Great job, man. Great job. Let's bring it up. Just like he said, bro, quick turn around. Hey, let's go. We got another big one. Mm -hmm. Thursday, brothers, Dominic. Yeah. Hey, hey, family on three. One, two, three. Just to put the crazy weekend in perspective, if you go back to the Vikings' 33-point comeback, we had three teams rally from down 17 in the same week to win. That's never happened. Wow. Ever. ever. The Jaguars are one of them, and they right now are in a situation where they win out, they win the AFC South. They get the Titans week 18. You have the Patriots and the Jets there at 7-7, seven and seven, and then you have a 6-8, and eight, as I like to call it, mosh pit of mediocrity. Mm-hmm. Okay, fighting for AFC wildcard positioning. Mark Ross into this conversation as well. Hi, hi, Mark. But calling the Jaguars mediocre, I don't think is doing them justice because the way they've played football of late, the way they beat the Titans last week, setting up week 18, the way they handled the Cowboys yesterday. I wouldn't want to play Doug Peterson's team right now. No, not at all. They're kind of the, the Detroit of the AFC, who Detroit beat them a couple weeks ago. So they've got the elements of explosiveness that you saw yesterday in that offense, and that's attributed to, look, we got a great head coach, a Super Bowl-winning head coach, who has brought stability and confidence and innovation to this offense. And right there, they've got the number one pick in the draft a couple years ago in Trevor Lawrence who Doug Peterson has now come in and given this young man confidence to flourish and grow. And you literally see Trevor Lawrence getting better every week and expanding on his game and becoming more and more of a playmaker. And you saw that yesterday, the big time plays he made. Yes, you make the layups, you make the easy, easy throws. But when it was really crucial times in the game where he stepped up and made a play, even the play where he fumbled, I mean, the, the sack that he got out of, and then he fumbled just trying to do too much. But you know what? Jacksonville came right back. They kept at it. Defense got stops. And that Rashad Jenkins stat line, I don't think there could be anyone like that in history with two interceptions and 18 tackles. But that just goes to the mentality. When you start winning, you start believing in each other. Everybody steps it up and has their A game. And when you look at the Jaguars, I think they're going to win the South. They got Jets, Titans, and then they uh, Jets, Houston, and the Titans that finish the season. I think they're going to pull it out here, guys. You know, Mark, one of the things that kind of gets lost in being down 27-10 and Trevor throwing the touchdown passes and all that, I thought Jacksonville was more physical than Dallas start to finish in this game. You watch what Brandon Sheriff's doing on the, on the move, Cam Robinson, Travis Etienne, the way that he ran the ball. And look, I said going into this game that the Jacksonville Jaguars had gone six games without giving up a single sack. To Trevor Lawrence. People said, oh, it's, it'll change against the Cowboys. Well, Mikey got a sack, but they really didn't affect the quarterback with that offensive line protecting Trevor Lawrence and his ability to move and, and just really extend plays without really overdoing it by any stretch. And so I thought physically they outplayed the Cowboys. And we have seen that. That has been a problem for the Cowboys in other games, the Eagles, the Green Bay game, where teams were able to run the ball against them. And it's something that might travel with this team as they get ready for the playoffs. But I thought the hidden component, Steve, was how physical Jacksonville was at this, at really at the point of attack. Yeah, on, on both lines of scrimmage. But I, I want to flip it over to the Cowboys because they're in, right? They've clinched that playoff spot, but they better be careful because right now they're in a situation where, you know, they would play Tampa, right? They, they would – probably be Tampa or whoever the NFC South rep is. But they got to be careful because if they continue uh, to not play well, like here's a bad interception by Dak, his seventh in four games. 
they could slide down and end up having to go to San Francisco in the first round, and nobody wants a piece of the 49ers. Could be a Especially, repeat from last year. Correct, a repeat from last year, and Dallas does not want to have that. I mean, look, they're not playing horrible football, but, you know, research has told me, like, they let teams hang around. They can't finish. Dude. They can't finish, and that is a dangerous thing when you're going into the playoffs because the teams that can finish that win these ball games. So Dallas has got to be careful. Dak, again, that last interception wasn't on him. That was on Noah Brown. It's got to be more protective of the ball, but they've got to get back to how they were playing, and that's physically on both lines of scrimmage, seeing how they're playing down the stretch because they got three games, fight, three games against teams fighting for their playoff lives. They're coming for Dallas. You mentioned a couple of things here, both of you do, that I, that I wanted to wrap up. Number one, uh, the Eagles can lock up the one seed in home field by beating the Cowboys this week. Right. So at that point, the Christmas Cowboys – and look, the Cowboys at this point are not going to win the division. I think we all know of that, but the Eagles can wrap up the one seed. And as for Cam Robinson, who you singled out for playing well at left mm. tackle, Doug Peterson says meniscus done for the year. Ooh, so likely low. Cam tough Robinson low. now Ooh. won't be back loss. for the Jacksonville Jaguars. But if they win out, even if they don't win out, they now are in position with the Titans Week 18 on their schedule, having beaten them last week to win – the AFC South. Thank you, Mark, Steve, Baldy. We appreciate it. Um, what if I told you the Colts can also technically, mathematically win the AFC South? Strange but true. Ian Rappaport, Tom Pelissero with me. Tom obviously was at that 33-point collapse by the Colts on Saturday, which you saw live on NFL Network. The Colts, Ian, continue forward, however, without Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, it does not sound like the Colts are going to have the services of their best running back and maybe their best player, regardless of position, with all due respect to Jack Leonard and a couple others. Jonathan Taylor, one of the best running backs in the NFL, unlikely to play again this season, dealing with a high ankle sprain, still meeting with some doctors and having some conversations with Colts officials, but just does not make a lot of sense to play him. Uh, going forward, Andrew, it is an injury that uh, generally takes four to six weeks of recovery. We don't have that much time in the season. Plus, despite what you keep saying about mathematically whatever, we've also watched the Colts the last, I don't know, month or so. It uh, does not seem likely that they're going to win this division in any sort of form or fashion. So having Jonathan Taylor come back just does not make a lot of sense. Heal up, get those ankles better, come back for a really strong 2023 season. Okay. The question remains, however, when it, we're talking about ankles, um, Tom, uh, Ryan Tannehill. Sorry, trying to make a transition or someone in my ear. Ryan Tannehill. Uh, his ankle, he was carted off yesterday, first quarter, came back, gutted it out, but he was not moving well. What's his status? Well, Andrew, Ryan Tannehill has really been dealing with ankle injuries for a couple of months now, has been able to gut it out, as you said, through a lot of it. He's one of the toughest players in the NFL, but Mike Vrabel alluded to it today, saying if Tannehill can be out there, then he's going to play this week against the Texans. My understanding is this looks like an uphill battle, even for one of the toughest players around who's going to gut it out through basically any injury that he comes across here. So it's quite possible. We will see Malik Willis again. He got his first NFL start back in late October in a game against the Texans because Tannehill had both an ankle at that time and an illness. Now, a couple of months later, it could be Willis again on Saturday against that same Texans team. Okay, so Malik Willis potentially again against the Texans. The Titans still do lead the division and they can still win this thing. It is right there for the taking, but potentially with Malik Willis. Ian, a couple of weeks ago, I think we all um, threw it out there that it would be fun if we moved the trade deadline back. You touched on this Sunday morning. Is that going to happen? 
Yeah, me and Pelissero posted an article on NFL.com about the growing momentum toward moving the trade deadline back one or maybe two weeks. It's been after week eight for about a decade now, and we had more activity this trade deadline than we have ever had almost had a heart attack dealing with it. I know Tom did as well. So the NFL saw that and said, you know what, maybe we want more. And it's not just that they want more trades, although I think everybody likes trades. It's a lot of fun. It's also that you have a better idea, Tom, of who is good, who isn't, who should be buyers, who should be sellers uh, a little bit into the future. Maybe teams are a little more well-defined, leading to some more trades. It's not 100% going to pass at the owners' meeting, either in March or in May, but certainly there is momentum toward that. And, Ian, this is something where we don't entirely know where the competition committee is going to fall in terms of whether or not they recommend, recommend this to the owners. The concern, as you said, yes, extra time gives teams more of, a, of an opportunity to figure out whether they should be buyers or sellers. But then the problem is if you get too deep into the season, then all of a sudden you could have teams dumping players to contenders, which would then impact the competitive balance. So everyone's going to want to see the data on this. It would require a vote by 24 of 32 owners. One source who was involved in those discussions, Andrew, told me one week seems to have support in terms of pushing it back just from week eight to week nine. That would fall right at the midpoint of the 17-game, 18-week season. And nobody wants to make it fantasy football here, but we would like to see a little more time potentially just to pull back the curtain and how the show is made we had Tom on camera he was looking down he was tweeting that Tua is the leading vote getter for the Pro Bowl that's now been wrapped up but but also I had voices in my head earlier Jeff Collette loves talking about haircuts Ian he was imploring me to ask did you just get a haircut maybe between the first hour and the second hour of the show? <laughs> uh, did not get a haircut between the first okay. hour and second hour. Did get a haircut after TV on Saturday. Got it. So okay. it was on TV around 10.30 Eastern. Haircut okay. around 12.30. Back at the house to watch football about 1.15. And by that point... Everyone knew the Colts were running away with it. They were up about 17 points by then. I don't know what happened. Yeah, I literally went on a run and came back and said, excuse me, what happened? Um, And if you had gotten a haircut between hours here on this show, well done if that had happened. I didn't know you had a Flobie at home if those things were still made. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, everybody, let's get to this one. Titans, Chargers, good one. Playoff team possibly here. Ryan Tannehill got carted off. He eventually came back. Let's go fourth quarter, final minute. This is Ryan Tannehill sneaking it in. Yep. And Brandon Staley had called the timeouts, Baldy, to give Justin Herbert time. Yeah, he's got 44 seconds. He makes this throw here to Michael Williams down the – I mean, just a great, sick. great throw. throw. Sick. sick. Mike Williams called for the ball. Like, put it up here. Yeah, just like <laughs> – that's I mean, well covered right there by Greg Maven, but the throw, the catch, it sets up this game-winning field goal right here. By Cameron Dicker, who started camp with the Rams, then yes. went to the Ravens, then went to the Eagles, won a game for the Eagles when Jake Elliott was out, and now wins this He's one. Dicker the Another kicker. one. He's Dicker the kicker. Yes, he is. 
for the Chargers, who are right back in the thick of things. They are the sixth seed because they beat the Dolphins last Sunday night. So they have that tiebreaker. And the Tennessee Titans are reeling, reeling. They were 7-2, and two, and they are barely hanging on now in the AFC South. Barely hanging on. Baldy called that game. Justin Herbert was masterful on that final drive after Staley burned his timeout. Mm-hmm. Smart move, Great move to make sure he had time left. And he, look, 44 seconds, no timeouts. He didn't need anything else. I mean, he, he took control of the game, made the big throw to Michael Williams. I've been waiting for that game, that throw to Michael Williams all game long. He made it. They couldn't, had trouble getting the ball down the field. Uh, they got one to Keenan Allen to set up a score. I just thought. Justin Herbert and all of his complement of receivers right now, no matter what the offensive line is, how poorly they can run the ball at times, you put the ball in his hands, good things are going to happen. Yeah, look, you talk about the complement of receivers. Let's not forget the complement of that running back, Austin Eckler. That touchdown he scored on that drive for them to take the lead. Okay, three-yard run where he just powered over guys. But the run before that, to me, set the energy tone for what the Chargers were doing because he carried about four guys with him for six or seven yards. Like, this is the guy. He cannot lay it out like this, and we cannot finish the job if he's going to continue to do this. Of course, Tennessee scores. But that final drive, Justin Herbert, at this time of the season coming into his own, Mm -hmm. and their schedule looks light on paper. If the Chargers can close it out, they're getting into playoffs. So the Chargers now go at Indy. They get the Rams at home. I mean, a home game for both. And then at Denver to close it in Week 18. The Titans, I said, were 7-2. and two. They were 7-3. Seven seven three. Three. They've now lost four in a row. First they, time under Mike Vrabel. They get four. Houston, who's given the Cowboys and Chiefs trouble the last couple of weeks. Then they get Dallas. And then on the road to Jacksonville, I, I firmly believe – if I had to put money on it right now, the Sunday night Week 18 NBC game mm-hmm. is Tennessee-Jacksonville. How about the that? loser may not be Please the wild change. card. It's, I think it's going to be AFC South or bust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it could be, especially if the Chargers keep playing the way they're playing and they know what's going to happen with the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that, that could be it, win that division or bust. Because one AFC North team, I think, is still going to be a wild card. True. Ravens or Bengals, and that could be Sunday night week. Yep. It's too early to start guessing, but you have to think both the Ravens and Bengals make it. I can't see both Tennessee and Jacksonville making it. Now, Maybe especially they when do. they play each other. And when it, they play each other. And the way Tennessee's playing right now, I mean, you, Mike Vrabel, after every game, he's just like, we're just, you know, we can't block anybody. We're just not sympathetic. <laughs> he he has a look of frustration. I mean, he, they lose Ryan Tannehill on the third play of the game. Yeah. I didn't think he was going to come back. I didn't think so. The way he was that out. Yeah. that ankle was rolled up. That is a key one to follow this week because Ryan Tannehill came back in. They did what they had to do to get him back on the field. He toughed it out. But he was not moving well at the end. And that's an injury to follow here during the week heading in to week 16 as the Titans try to right the ship here at Christmas. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. How long did it take us? 60 60 minutes, okay? I'm just telling you, we've been talking about 60 minutes all year long. I don't know that this was the most disciplined effort we've had, but I know this, nobody can argue with how how, how much we fight. 
There's no way you can argue with the effort and the character of the people in this locker room, okay? And that's why we won, all right? Where's Chandler Jones? We just keep fighting, right? Don't worry about everybody else. Don't look at the other scores, all that nonsense. Somebody will tell us when it's time to be done, okay? All we gotta do is control our business, okay? Here we go, here we go, here we go! Hey, Raiders on three, one, two, three! Raiders! Did you hear the echo? How about the spacious locker room there that the Raiders have in Vegas? The acoustics. Wow. All right. So the Raiders are six today. They're they're in a mosh pit there at six today, but the Patriots fall out at seven and seven. They fall out of a playoff spot, one that they had re-entered with their win Monday night in Arizona. They're two very different sides of this thing here, Mark Ross and Mike Giardi. Mike, let's do the Patriots side of things here first. They gave up two touchdowns in the final 32 seconds. And there was no onside kick in between those two touchdowns. You never, ever see that. They have now lost three out of four, and things seem to be falling apart. Yeah, and this was a team that lost four out of five down the stretch last year after assuming the number one seed in the AFC in December. So it's a pattern now for the last few years for sure. One of the things that I've sort of been focusing on here is Mac Jones and the development or lack thereof of the quarterback. And I think it's fair to ask now at this point in the year, if in fact the Patriots have a quarterback of the future, or if this is something that they need to address in the off season. And no way in heck did I think I'd be saying that after last year when I thought he was pretty good as a rookie, but this year it has been a step back. And there's a number of reasons. We addressed them in the first hour from the coaching decisions on down, but now you have a quarterback 13 of 31 yesterday against a Raider defense that's not very good. Now, you can say to me, his weapons on the outside aren't very good either. You can say his tight ends have underperformed. But bottom line is, they're not getting improvement here. And when you look at the Patriots' blueprint, and you kind of compare it to what's happened around the league this year. Just look at Doug Peterson with Trevor Lawrence. There's been a big leap. Now, look, they went from Urban Meyer, so that's a a big change. But um, what Matt Eberflus has done with Justin Fields in that offense, Luke Getze, he's taken a leap. And here, the quarterback that was by far and away the best rookie last year has gone in the other direction. And you've seen emotional outbursts, which, by the way, I don't mind. But some people have talked about it. Is he being disrespectful to the coaching staff? I think everything's on the table at this point. I'd be pretty disappointed with what's being called for me. But I just think, Mark, there's so much uncertainty now when I think they went into this year feeling really good about where they were in that quarterback position. Yeah, and you mentioned his his re- Mac Jones is falling, kind of falling apart, and that, and that goes to me with the coaching. As you said before, this is not the same Patriots that we know and love. We keep getting a pass every week for it's the Patriots, it's Belichick, they'll be fine. It's the Patriots, it's Belichick, they'll be fine. And each week they go out and put out performances like yesterday, where they struggle on offense, where they make bad decisions in coaching and nothing was more indicative than that last play where yes, Jacoby Byers rightly rightfully so should get a lot of grief, but who actually called the play to make that draw play and did were they coached up to not lateral the ball? That all has to go back to that and where that starts from the head coach, from the offensive coordinator, from the position coach, who actually said, let's do this and was that coached into them? So if it was someone else has to really take responsibility to say, you know what? That was a bad decision on our part. And when you look at his Patriots team, I don't think Mac Jones is the guy. But again, the coaching, but then not a ton of talent either. And that goes back to Belichick. He's a de facto GM there. Not a lot of talent. Not well-coached team. Don't have the franchise quarterback. Cincinnati, Miami, Buffalo coming up. 
Might get bad there in uh, New England, for Andrew. Well, that call, if you're not going to try the circus play or the Hail Mary, if you're just going to run, you're conceding. You're conceding overtime. So if you're going to run, just take a knee. Because if yeah, you don't, t- then you're setting up – go ahead, Mike. You're setting up a miracle in the Meadowlands situation. Well, I was just going to say, Belichick, when asked about it in the postgame, said we couldn't throw the Hail Mary. Now, that's a 60- to 65-yard throw. I've seen Mac Jones throw the ball that far. So now, is he saying that the offensive line couldn't protect? That might be fair. But to say that your quarterback can't throw it 60, 65 yards, I don't believe it. Then, yeah, that then could be easily verified. Or, or, or something. They're going to be talking about that one for years and years mm-hmm. and years. Maybe even 50 years. What a perfect segue. Raiders-Steelers, 50-year anniversary of historic craziness. And we're going to bring you that anniversary on Christmas Eve. It's a holiday classic live on NFL Network in Pittsburgh. The Raiders and the Steelers. Bring your eggnog, sing your songs, Saturday evening on NFL Network. Coming up next, it is cold in Green Bay. We will prove it to you ahead of Baker Mayfield and the Packers. Coming up next. I hope wherever you're watching this show right now, you are warm and toasty and safe. Tonight at Lambeau Field, decked out for the holidays, it's going to be roughly 16 degrees at kickoff for the Packers and the Rams wrapping up week 15. Caleb Burton braving the elements with us us live now on NFL. Now I would have to think the cold helps the Packers, Kayla. Hey, Andrew, way to rub it in. Everyone nice and cozy. Yes, it is cold out here. It's about 16 degrees, kind of feeling like it's 10 degrees, but this is what they love. The Packers love this type of atmosphere. Quarterback Aaron Rodgers even said it himself earlier this week when he was asked what it's like playing in these types of conditions. He says he loves it simply because he and his teammates know how to navigate on the field. The turf is on, excuse me, the tarp is on right now. That'll come off roughly two hours before, but they have the advantage. They're 4-0 against the Rams when playing at home. And I will say this, uh, they are going to take advantage considering that Aaron Rodgers has a lot of offensive weapons. They're coming off the bye week. They're 5-8. and eight, But Rams head coach Sean McVay says that is not an indication of what this team is about. He says Rodgers is going to be Rodgers. One of those weapons, though, Sammy Watkins, has been released. He will head to waivers. And that's also partially because Romeo Dobbs is expected to be back in the picture here tonight. We have not seen him since week nine with that ankle injury. And I will also add that I spoke with running back A.J. Dillon and asked him what it's like playing with Aaron Rodgers, especially as they're winding down the regular season and have to win out. And he says, Kalen, when I am on the sidelines, I'm watching this guy dissect the defenses and making sure that we're able to adjust even in the slightest bit. That's what leads us to touchdowns where they're trying to do that today, especially against a team that does not have Aaron Donald once again in the picture. But does have Baker Mayfield with a little bit more time to prepare this week. Kayla, what's the game plan for the Rams with their new quarterback? The game plan is not to be eliminated, and that starts with today. Baker Mayfield finally has more than 48 hours to prepare with this group, and head coach Sean McVay says he has been very impressed with the progression Baker Mayfield has been making so far. When it comes to leading up to this point, 
Sean McVay also said that the goal has been to really have him understand and learn this playbook in bite-sized increments. He loves that this guy is able to create with his legs. He says he is great in and out of the pocket, great on and off the platform, and he's going to have to use that today, especially against a top-five passing defense. Rams out officially with a loss as Baker Mayfield be dressed as Case Keenum tonight at Lambeau. Thank you, Kayla Burton, live there. NFL Now is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.